I saw the the video where you were talking to a female NPC and you you just thought like, huh, what would it be like if I attacked her and you just backstabbed her? <laughs> oh, Nathalie. Yeah. Oh, no. And she was so important as well because she basically just carries you through Godric and the, 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 the like first big boss. And I... <laughs> I really needed her, and I know very. Yeah, I don't bad. think she was going to help you after that. <laughs> I don't. Uh, she wasn't too hot on me after that. No, for weirdly, I, I love why. it when people come up behind me and stab me with a sword. I, I don't know what her problem is. Maybe that's just because I'm from London. <laughs> <laughs> that's cheeky. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Hello everyone, this is Caleb Boudreau and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of AnExtraordinaryLife.online and today we're with Miss Perry Car Cariel? Perry Cariel, yeah. Cariel, oh nice! Um, and she is a Twitch streamer with a Masters in Psychology and has grown a name from beating Elden Ring with an EEG. So, hey Perry! Hello! <laughs> So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into like gaming and um, uh, psychology as a whole? It's interesting. It's an interesting combination. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always been interested in psychology all throughout school. So I decided to do a degree in that and pursue a sort of criminal background the forensic psychology root of it but meanwhile during university i kind of got thrown into streaming because i really wanted to be a stand-up comedian uh because childhood trauma that's a joke <laughs> <laughs> well uh, of course i mean um the the best way to deal with trauma is a hundred percent making fun of it that way absolutely you know. yeah that sounds healthy as a psychologist <laughs> i would know <laughs> Um, but but I kind of thought that, that stand-up comedy was hard to get into, right? You have to go to a club and ha someone has to want you to perform and then there's all these people with all their faces looking at you. I'd much rather sit behind a, a laptop screen and also have something else to do, like playing Stardew Valley. That's where I started. Uh, so I decided, let's let's try it. Let's just one day randomly sit at the computer and then and, and, uh, try streaming. And I fell in love with it. And two years later, I'm now a full-time streamer. Uh, because it just got it just became such a thing that I was passionate about the plan is still to go down the forensic psychology route and I'm applying for PhD soon but now I'm I'm just really happy and and the awesome way the awesome thing about streaming now especially on Twitch is how diverse all the content creators are I think because um you can basically talk about and do whatever you want as a just chatting streamer you can really integrate everyone's different fields of knowledge so I can talk about all my psychology stuff till the the cow come uh, the cows come home and you can kind of yeah you can you can talk about the news for example and why people do terrible things and and all of the stuff like that and then we play games that are psychologically themed like super liminal was awesome and then the we've EG actually thought just... about oh sorry uh, no, we actually thought about doing a, a profile on uh, super liminal i was watching my little cousin play it and just the way that it messes with perception and yes it's just crazy 
Yeah, and that, that was actually my, my specialization in my degree was visual perception and, and things like that. So Superliminal was so cool. Oh, tell me. So have you, I'm sure you have, but have you ever heard of Hellblade Sinua's Sacrifice? It rings a bell, but I've not seen it. So it was developed by, I believe they're in the UK, um, uh, Ninja Theory, mm. with the help of neuropsychologists to mimic uh, psychosis and a psychosis, like a, by saying like a psychotic break is kind of like a complete misunderstanding of what it is. But mm. um, so you hear voices in your head. There's no HUD. There's no like UI. There's just voices. And you have to listen to and interpret each of the voices and their direction in order to tell if there's an enemy behind you about to swing a sword at you. That is and terrifying. The oh, the entire game is about um, you going through Helheim to save your lover and defeat Hela. Mm. And... Um, the puzzles are finding patterns in the environment that aren't actually there, but right. like to find the runes, that's how you solve it to open the door, but it's to um, visually represent a form of a symptom of psychosis where you're finding things that aren't there just because you believe that they are like, it's, it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in psychotic conditions or conditions with symptoms of psychosis like like schizophrenia for example being able to to really put together patterns is, is one of the the major symptoms like you say and it's really it's really cool in in a way i have a few friends who who suffer from that condition and in a way they kind of call it like a silver lining and they're, they're really good at, at uh quick reflexes and uh putting things together and they can look at an object for example and know exactly how it works <laughs> well these people in particular that's not gonna be true for everyone everyone is different but it's cool that they're integrating all the different symptoms of that condition in, in one experience yeah because they've actually worked with um psychosis patients and people who suffer from mm. it and they were some of the play testers to make sure that it was properly represented yeah. And um, they made a mini documentary about it. And one of the um, one of the people that they used in their study essentially broke down and said, I've, I've, I've never felt so understood about <gasps> what I go through than through playing the game. That's amazing. And it's, it's just phenomenal. Tell me the name again. I'm actually going to write it down. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Uh, Hellblade. Uh, Sinua's Sacrifice. Uh, S-E-N-U-A. Sacrifice. Thank you. <laughs> cool. You're welcome. It's uh, it's uh, it's like a hack and slash, but no, it I... is it is fantastic. That is awesome. Yeah, we've really we've really. It's one of the things I love about being a psychology streamer is you've really got a, a wide plethora of content like this to to. Uh, use and narrate and show to people because people I think game gaming is often misunderstood as something that is just sort of flimsy and for fun and people don't really put much effort into making them that's what before I became a gamer that's what I thought I thought okay games are fun but like they're not going to be deep are they but yeah. really they you I mean you wouldn't be surprised but some people would be surprised at, at 
how detailed and and really thought about and impactful some of these games are and it's it's all of them i mean the persona 5 series for example we just played a little bit of persona 5 royal and it's just it's so unbelievably representative of of not just teenage life and the problems with society but like uh Jungian psychology and things like that really cool so what what was that um for lack of a better term that glass breaker game where you just realize that this is more than just something that people used to as stress relief like this can actually mm. change the way people look at things weirdly i think it was actually the stanley parable that did that that was the first of one the one of those okay. sorts of yeah the one of those sorts of psychologically interesting games that i played and that one i don't think it intends necessarily to be super scientific or anything like that but it's um it just made me rethink what games were as i was playing it the experience of of uh someone narrating your actions and it feels kind of almost day to day and it's just like little subtleties that change and the way you interact with the world changes uh yeah the, the weird thing about the stanley parable is it doesn't really feel like there's any sort of purpose to it and then as you go through and you start to unlock endings and ideas you're realizing oh my god this whole time we were building up to something amazing and i didn't even notice and it was one of those things that there there aren't a lot of things i can say about about it what it represents psychologically but it really changed my mind and then of course i played things like superliminal which is all about as you said visual perception and, and things like that and uh, then we fell into the persona royal games and then all these other bunch of things i mean even elden ring with its uh comments on well it might not i might be deeping it a bit too much but the, <laughs> the comments on kind of the the devastating impact of war and and stupid de decision making by by power hungry people. I mean, there's always some sort of message everywhere, always. And something like Elden Ring has a, such a rich lore that it's basically books at this point. You could write books about it. So funny you mentioned that. So as you can see in the <laughs> background here, there's quite a few books. So I have a ton of strategy guides. Mm. Hey. Elden Ring has two. It is two this thick. The second wow. one is still being worked on. That is thick. Um, <laughs> this one is for um, the dungeons, um, lore, characters, things like that. And then um, like where to find the bosses. And the second one's all about quest lines, weapons, spells, mm. how to upgrade them like in order to build out your whole thing. It's, it's incredible how... There are some games that come out unfinished or buggy messes. And then there's Elden Ring who comes out almost so complete mm. that you need a thousand pages just to it, like tell the entire story, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an impressive game. It's it's just amazing. Play. I've been playing some uh, open world RPG games like that recently and... Uh, everyone everyone uh they're raging about how good they are and things and i'm just sitting there being like well yeah it's good it's not quite elden ring <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, right. I don't know if anything will ever be like elden ring yeah i think you picked one hell of a first um exposure to the genre <laughs> yeah. with elden ring like yeah, it's kind of a high bar to meet <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I may have absolutely spoiled myself for any other enjoyment in the future. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just I'm gonna be in, uh, I'm gonna be 90 years old in a corner like, well, I don't want to watch that TV show because I could be playing Elden Ring. Get out exactly. of my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so at what point did you switch from? just a standard well i'm not not saying standard as in like you weren't being unique of course but (laughs) just a mouse and keyboard or controller streamer to doing something as incredible as the eeg because that is just wild (laughs) Uh, for those of you who don't know what is an eeg first it is a uh system basically a device Uh, that's built up of a bunch of different electrodes, which are these little nodes that sit on top of your scalp. And mine only has 14, but you can have as many as like 300 of them. Uh, And what they do is they pick up the electrical activity in your brain. So our brain is chock full of electrical activity all the time, constantly, no matter what we're doing, everywhere. Um, But what changes, depending on what we're thinking about, what we're visualizing, what we're doing, me talking to you, for example, is very different from me meditating in the corner. What changes there is uh, the types of brain waves, so the frequency of the electrical activity, and then where it is in your brain. So sometimes it'll be focused in particular parts because particular parts are doing things more um, or less, depending on what it is. Uh, So what it does is it basically just reads all of that and records all of that. And then what I can do with a brain computer interface or BCI that just basically records what your brain looks like when you're doing a specific thing. So I kind of, I train it to recognize what that pattern is, what kind of brain waves there are and where, when I'm doing a particular visualization. So in Elden Ring, I'm imagining pushing something forward. It remembers what my brain looks like when I'm imagining that specific thing. And then with that, when it recognizes it, I can keybind that to whatever I want. So I've keybinded that one to my attack key. And I've built up now, we've got two inputs going simultaneously, which is a challenge because it takes hours and hours and hours and hours to get it to know exactly what you're doing. Uh, and then it has to not get confused between them. And the visualizations have to be so different from each other that it won't get confused. Uh, but we've got two going now, so I'm healing as well with it. I picked oh, the wow. hardest ones. <laughs> yeah. Right. I saw the the video where you were talking to a female NPC and you you just thought like, huh, what would it be like if I attacked her and you just backstabbed her? <laughs> oh, Nephilim. Yeah. Oh, my no. And she is so important as well because she basically just carries you through Godric and the, 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 the like first big boss. And I <laughs> I really needed her. And I know mm, very yeah, bad. I don't think she was going to help you after that. <laughs> I don't know. She wasn't too hot on me after that. No, for weirdly. I love it when people come up behind me and stab me with a sword. I I don't know what her problem is. Maybe that's just because I'm from London. (laughs) (laughs) That's cheeky. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Uh, So what gave you the idea of attempting to beat it with an EEG? Like I know people have done some wild things with... um, dark souls before like beating it with potato controllers or yes. beating it with a ddr pad but an eeg that's just I, it kind of it kind of all built up so slowly really so i've always had like weird little tech things when i was studying music at uni i was my, my specialty even then was the technological a technological side of things and um so we've always had like weird tech stuff 
on the stream. So chat can press my keyboard keys, for example, with a with a channel point redeem. I have a tens unit on my arm. They can trigger it and make my muscle spaz out with the, with the tens unit. Really Ooh. cool. I know. And uh, there's other things like that. I have an open AI chat bot and we've kind of just been having these things constantly. Um, so when I saw, and obviously in my, my psychology degree, I knew about EEG and I worked with EEG sometimes. So I knew it was a thing. So when I saw and accidentally stumbled upon the fact that you can get personal use Bluetooth, relatively affordable EEG devices, I thought, well, that's cool. And I just wanted to integrate it. I didn't really have a massive intention for it straight away. You can pull up a 3D visualization of your brain and it shows you your activity and different kinds of colored brain waves and where it is live in real time. It's awesome. And so I first started using the EEG having that as an overlay on stream while I was playing horror games. So I've got some videos on that. It's really cool that when there's awesome. a jump scare, when there's I've a actually, jump scare. Yeah. I actually thought about doing um, a heartbeat monitor with horror games. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought, I'd never heard of, or I'd never thought about an EEG and whether or not that would be possible. Yeah, I didn't know it was possible until until I literally accidentally stumbled upon it. It's it's awesome and it's really easy to do. I mean, if you have, I guess the the funding. I was I was lucky enough to have a little bit of savings that I had like tucked away for something cool like this for the stream. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I decided this was a good use for that. And uh, yeah, no, it's really cool. Like in 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 a horror game when there's a jump scare, you see a, a bunch of uh, like my brain lights up pink basically, and pink is a higher frequency type of activity. So it's really me freaking out, and it's it's awesome, and it's actually a little bit embarrassing because uh, <laughs> before when I played horror games on the stream, my kind of thing a little bit, not so intentionally because I am a little bit like this, but my my thing was being really stony face and cool about it. Like, oh, why why would you be afraid of this? It's a cartoon, it's a kid's game. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, um, <laughs> like somebody uh, like somebody just jumps out. Oh, hey buddy, how, how yeah, are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> but you can't get away with that when, when you've got no. a monitor of your brain. <laughs> no, I don't I, think you my face, My face is blank and the visualization is bright pink. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I, I, I realized that it came with this brain computer interface software and it could record your pattern of brain activity and then if you can record something you can keybind it obviously because you can do that with literally anything yeah and i did a bunch of research and a little bit of programming and and then i thought what what game what game would work with it my first thought was my first thought was minecraft because everything is always minecraft right of, of course you know it's it's the quintessential sandbox game you know exactly especially with so <laughs> yeah. much sand yeah and then i thought i did a little bit of that uh but i never posted any of it and then i thought hey what's the hardest possible challenge to do i mean you definitely went for for one of the hardest now if you were to go with sekiro oh my oh. yeah because <laughs> at I least with elden ring at least with Elden Ring, you have the spells, you have, you know, distance fighting. With Sekiro, it is in your face mm. all the time. If you get one misinput, you, you might as well just restart. That's next. <laughs> it's got to I mean, be. It's got to be. People in chat always say Sekiro, always, always, always. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can do this with Elden Ring because Elden Ring is easy mode or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it, it may have been easy mode. It's not anymore. <laughs> oh, no. The, the further you go with Elden Ring, the more you unlock and discover. It is just wild how difficult it can be. Yeah. Um, have you gotten to the lobsters yet? Oh, no. I've seen the lobsters. Do you yeah, mean the ones in Leonia? Yeah, don't don't mess with them. They are, they are harder than some bosses. <laughs> but they're just like there. They're just in the, the water. Yeah. They're, they're just oh, like no. regular enemies, but like barely anything messes with them like barely anything <laughs> penetrates the armor but they wow. whenever they hit they hit so like even with a lot of health they can knock you down pretty far and it's oh yeah it's it's crazy like yeah there is a thing with uh crabs and crustaceans and things in the dark souls franchise isn't there pretty much <laughs> there's a that and poisonous areas like yes. Miyazaki just I'm pretty sure it's Miyazaki um, yeah I think that's right yeah um, he just loves his poison areas like I, I'm a huge fan of Bloodborne mm. um, which was the Playstation exclusive one and it was actually the first game I had ever platinumed on Playstation which wild um, actually won a free PS4 Pro because of it but that's a fun <laughs> story <laughs> What does it mean to, to platinum a game? Uh, to 100% it. So you right. get all of the achievements, you get everything. So uh, um, for Bloodborne in particular, you had to get all of the weapons, um, get all three endings, all of the wow. armor, beat all of the bosses, including all of the chalice dungeons. That is dedication. How long did that take you? About two months. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Well, like I said, I won a free PS4 Pro, so like I kind of had that incentive. Like, okay, mm. I'm I'm borrowing my buddy's PS4. If I can do this, I get my own. So, I'm gonna try. And oh, sure no. enough, it's all about <laughs> like, oh no, I did it! Yay! Oh no! Oh no! I guess I have to play Bloodborne now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Homework has to wait. <laughs> But it, it was it was great. Like, but there's there's an entire like separate area that's nothing but poison. Mm. Like to get from place to place, you have to run down a river, and the river is nothing but poisonous water. So like you oh, have no. to go through it and then jump on this small little rock where you can you know wait for the poison level to go down or take an antidote and mm. then run through it again and it's just. He loves those. Yeah. Oh, I recently got to... There's a Lake of Scarlet Rot. Similar sort of yes. thing. Yeah, in Elden Ring. I recently had to cross that. <sighs> so I, 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 Yeah. We, <laughs> we accidentally stumbled upon a boss there. And that was one of the most annoying bosses I had ever seen. Because... <laughs> You, you think he's fine. You think you got him. You know, you got mm. him on the ropes. And then he'll just heal twice and go back up to half health. That is so annoying. Like, okay. <laughs> cool. That breaks the rules. <laughs> you, you're you allowed to heal. They're not allowed to heal. Right. <laughs> totally breaks the rules. No. And they're supposed <laughs> to take breaks between their attacks and follow the same pattern. <laughs> Otherwise, right. what are we doing? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe their pattern's just like 30 times longer than the rest of them. <laughs> meanwhile you're sobbing right i'm like oh i almost had it. <laughs> i haven't slept in four days <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Or the have you seen the Big Bang Theory? Yeah. So uh, Sheldon Cooper, I don't need sleep. I need answers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God, that's how I felt about Renella. Re- See, surprisingly, you know, Renella's meant to be an easy boss. Like she's only like the second or third one that you're supposed to do in the game, and she's right yeah. at the beginning, and she's a puzzle boss. Right, so you have to kind of like kill her kids first and it's just running around mostly and she doesn't even attack you for most of it. Um, for me, that was the hardest ever. I did Radan, a notoriously more difficult boss on the same day and we did then the next one and the next one and the next one after that with relative ease. But Renala, oh my God, was basically impossible because the EG, the it's pretty good and pretty fast at picking up your brain activity. Um, but the delay comes from you actually trying to do the visualization. So it's kind of, it feels like, uh, imagine you're using a heart rate monitor and you have to get a particular slow BPM to trigger a command. It feels like actively trying to slow your heart down. That's, that's the same sort of like physical process. And so trying to do that while being attacked on all sides and then you only got about two seconds to actually hit her. It's just... I was about to ask, how did, how in the world do you, are you able to control your um your reactions at that point because if you are getting attacked from all sides you know you have multiple people coming in (laughs) how do you just calm your mind enough to visualize i think you said pulling towards you was healing and pushing away was attacking right yeah we actually changed that second visualization now because it was too similar to the other one so uh, it's now a plate spinning. So I have people, when I need to heal, I have people in my chat screaming, spin the plate, spin the faster. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, that one's working way better. It's definitely the best iteration of, of that. It's, it's tough. It's really difficult to just kind of ignore every, you have to ignore everything that's going on around you. Because otherwise it's just impossible because you're thinking about all these different things and you're stressed out and you've got this big, uh this this big boss lurching at you with knives and it's just it's it's terrifying (laughs) and you have to you have to completely ignore that and the uh, the main thing and something i didn't consider until i'd already trained it up so i had to reset the training and do it again the the main thing is that when you're like dodging and rolling and moving around a boss your screen is moving right so your screen can be spinning and the visualization is a motion one so if i'm imagining a plate spinning or if I'm imagining pushing something forward in stillness and my screen is spinning, that really interfere. I have to literally try to make my eyes go fuzzy and not look at the screen and also Ooh. not die. So I'm also on the controller, dodge, 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 dodge. <laughs> um, and it's and another thing I didn't uh, realize as well. So this was I've done I've done countless iterations of these and retra- that's why it's taken so long to build it up. Um, another thing I didn't realize was that when your fingers are moving, that is brain activity as well like your your brain controls that so i didn't i didn't incorporate the fact that i would be moving with the controller or pressing other buttons with it at the same time so when i was doing that my brain activity was different and i couldn't heal or i couldn't attack because i had to i had to drop it and and it was just i remember uh, seeing that where um i'm not sure what the boss was you were attacking it from behind or maybe mm-hmm. maybe it was just a, a regular enemy i think you mentioned it was a dragon sleeping yes the gray old gray old dragon okay mm. so like if um in that case 
like you were just sitting there with your hands in front of you to show that you weren't actually inputting anything. Yeah. Um, how do you go from something that's just that, okay, this is like a training thing mm. to just everything everywhere all at once where you have to have all of these brain, all of this brain activity because you have to dodge, you have to run <laughs> around um, to get your position. Like, how do you practice and train your brain to do all of that? Literally just practice, pretty much. I'm sure there's a more scientific way that you could do it. I've trained up uh, hundreds and hundreds of uh, of trials, of patterns of it looking at my brain activity. And I've tried to also train them sometimes when I'm playing the game and sometimes when I'm not. Um, so it recognizes dodging around as being neutral now. I think, I hope so, I think. I've tried to make it, to make it do that. Uh, but I think honestly, and I, I tell people this and they don't necessarily always believe me, but I think a lot of it is me. Just, I've gotten better at, at kind of blocking things out and focusing. And I have, I'm, I'm, I have quite a few symptoms of ADHD. Uh, so- Hyper focus for the win. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was, it was tricky to kind of make my brain always do what I wanted it to do all the time. And I think genuinely, I think I've gotten better at that. And I think I've gotten better even when I'm not playing Elden Ring, I think I've gotten better at focusing in general now, which is pretty cool, which is which is awesome. A weird application that I didn't think of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've found that um, whenever I'm doing cable management um, at work, because I work on um, like financial computers, mm. so whenever I'm doing like large scale cable management, I just have um, AirPods, like with the noise cancellation, yeah. And it just puts me into this whole like sound stage, like no one else is around me. Nice. That way I can hyper focus because I find if I hear too much, then I I either get aggravated or um I, I just lose track of what goes where. Yes, so exactly. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to it's hard to multitask as a streamer as well because and I'm, I'm sure you find this in everything but when i'm trying to i, I don't understand how other streamers can kind of res reply to my messages while they're streaming and also keep talking at the same time and i'm just like hold on <laughs> how do you remember what you're saying how do you remember what you're doing how do how do you keep track of all these things at once i don't get it <laughs> oh yeah it's it's uh, it's a definitely a skill because um like for me um i mentioned that i had a background in journalism mm. but with the adhd i i lose interest very quickly <laughs> so i will have three profiles going at once so i'm not sure if you looked at the website at all um but we don't do game reviews we do profiles yeah. so um if I find at any point that it starts to feel like a chore, I, I realize that I start losing interest and um, I, it's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. So I have three. And whenever I find that I'm losing interest in one, I will jump to the next and then either jump back to the first whenever I lose interest in that one or jump to a third <laughs> and just depending on what inspires me that day, I'll go back and then somehow 
all three of them will be finished at once and now we have enough content for three months like it's amazing it, it's that's, it's that's wild brilliant. whenever you find um what works for you you know yeah yeah and what's uh yeah what's really interesting as well is that how everyone is so so different and i i found that when i was studying psychology that there are so many different techniques that you can learn about in in things like cognitive behavioral therapy and stuff like that that is only going to apply to maybe one percent of people and so it's awesome that and then that's i think people get stressed out because they try all these things and then they, they don't find something that works for them and they think well what's wrong with me maybe i don't actually have this condition or something but actually it's just just it needs to be fine-tuned so it's really awesome that you found something that that gets you like done when where you need to be in a way that doesn't make you want to hate yourself <laughs> yeah like if you look there there's quite a bit of gap in all of the content and i believe 2021 where i had just burned myself out of everything with the pandemic mm. and then i had gotten back to work at my day job so like i was able to afford and fund the website and make sure it stayed live and operational but like couldn't really focus on making new content right. and it, it was rough but uh whenever i realized that that's why because i was like no i have to work on this one whenever i'm done with this one then i'll i can move on to the next one mm. and it almost became like a um like a chore for lack of a better term and yeah. it just, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, once I learned how to do that, it was easy to just like, okay, found the problem. Now let's fix it. Amazing. I'm like that way with, uh, with videos, with YouTube videos. Right now I'm making just a whole bunch of uh, shorts and stuff and just trying to get updates out there. Because I'm in yeah. the middle of this this run, this project. So I'm, I'm getting all the updates out there as, as often as I can. Uh, but before I was making these, and I'll come back to this, but I, I'm making these uh, like psychology explain case study videos type things. And uh, I was like that with that. If there was one that I didn't really think was amazing or I didn't really, I wasn't into that much, then it would take me weeks and weeks and weeks to finish editing it. Also because I'm a terrible editor, but also, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it was mostly because I just, I just, if I, yeah, you're right. If you don't have interest in something, there's no way it's so hard it's so hard to make your brain actually do the thing and you're sort of sat there in front of the screen uh seemingly working not definitely not having fun but you get nothing done and i don't know how where the time goes it's it's difficult to just like wrap your head around why does this take so long because yeah um every interview we do um we like to have it dictated that way, whenever it comes to it, we can A, get direct quotes and run a like control F search over. OK, I remember they said this, but when did they say it? You know, it's yeah, a lot agrees. easier to do that on on a document than it is on a video. Mm. And man, it, if it is not the worst thing in the world <laughs> to just sit there and type out an entire, say, 30 to 45 minute to an hour conversation. Oh no! I don't know what is. I don't know how people do it for a living. <laughs> is there not a way you could automate it now? What with? Well, there's um, there's like AI, but you have to a pay monthly. So oh. 
with everything being paid out of pocket, it's kind of rough. Yeah. Uh, to even add more to the, well, debt ceiling. But I mean, our government <laughs> seems to do it fine. Um, <laughs> and then um, from there, it's kind of like a um, like a security thing, right? So if you're doing mm. an anonymous interview where the interviewee wants to stay anonymous, you shouldn't run it through an AI that will keep the file on its servers to learn from so it's like you know i didn't even think of that that's a really good point so unless it becomes like hey for three hundred dollars flat you will get a perpetual license to this program mm. that doesn't connect to the internet it is just a literal program then I don't, I don't see that. And with the way the world is going with subscription-based products, I, I don't see it going anywhere. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. You could always, once the uh, the debt ceiling gets a little bit better, you could always outsource that. True. Menial um, work, someone else do it. <laughs> right. Like, it's, um, like even, even cloud-based. Fun fact, did you know that Google Drive and, like, Microsoft OneDrive? Oh, no. Everything that you upload to it no longer belongs to you. They can delete it from your Google Drive and not tell you. Like they own it now. Yeah. What? <laughs> look at look in look in the user agreements. You're oh using their God, hardware. No. Like, oh, this is why we should read the user agreements. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hundred percent why. Like I have an entire server on this side of the computer. Um, mm. that is all for, um, like videos, we record scripts, um, profiles, screenshots from video games, like the whole nine yards. And it's only accessible if you're here. Like, so if my, nice. uh, if one of my writer, Morgan, she's our lifestyle writer. If she comes over, she can pull interviews and if she wants to dictate them. And then she has them on her computer now. So, you know, there's another file out there, but it's all centrally located to make sure that, you know, people stay anonymous who want to be anonymous. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's such a good idea. Um, so um, what kind of projects do you have coming up? Oh, well, besides with... the psychology explained. <laughs> right. Uh with uh, the EEG stuff, my goal is to, by the end of the year, make a controller out of it so we can do a game and entirely hands-free. It might not be a Dark Souls game. Well, maybe it will be a Dark Souls game, but it might be something a little bit easier. Uh, but yeah. I would start with a walking simulator. That is a really good idea. And then we could put that into Minecraft. It all comes back to Minecraft. <laughs> it's always Minecraft. That is 100% Whether, yeah. true. That might not all be uh, visualizations and patterns of brain activity being key binded. It might be things like gyro controls because you can move and then it'll move and things like that. True. Uh, facial expressions, stuff like that. I know the company that I'm working, uh, well, I'm about to start working with, they're, they're working on emotions being part of it. I, I don't know how far that could possibly go because I know that emotions doesn't necessarily have the same impact on your brain activity as, as other things do. But yeah, things like that. And uh we're kind of starting to integrate different kinds of technology into it. Uh, I actually have a whole list of stuff like this. Where is it? I'll find it. 
Nope, I know <laughs> um, Ninja Theory, the company behind Hellblade, um, were interested. I forgot what they called it. It was Projects. While you looked up that list, I'll look up the project <laughs> name. But it was essentially. Um, it would use. Like, I'm not sure if it was like a special controller that would monitor heart rate. And depending on how you would react, like your heart would react to the game, mm. it would change the outcome of the event. Yes, I was actually, I didn't know that that was a thing that already existed. I was talking uh, to my partner about that. And and we were considering doing something like that with the EEG, like if there was more, or even with a heart rate monitor. So this, this more scared you are by a horror game, for example, the, the more they Pretty attack much. you. Because <laughs> I remember there being... Um, a a game what's it called it would basically give you like a psychological exam before to see what you were afraid of oh no <laughs> and it would use that against you that is amazing that oh. is fantastic and evil project mara um let's see Uh, and it doesn't say... Oh, here we go. Um, it's a focus on re uh, recreating the terror of mental health issues and will be based on real lived experience accounts and in-depth research. Um, they're going to use a series of experts, psychiatrists, and professors. It aims to create self-contained, individualized, and absorbing gaming experiences to help people control things like fear and anxiety. That is awesome. I, that I is cannot awesome. wait. Like, yeah. it, it's, it wants to deliver a mainstream solution to help people treat mental suffering and encourage mental well-being. So the goal is exposure therapy then? Basically. Not actually to freak people out? Basically. But if, huh. if, if you make something that can do that and react to... Um, react to your exposure to it then mm. could you imagine the application if a horror developer got a hold of it which they'll and, do immediately <laughs> oh yeah like imagine a game where if your heart reacts more to thriller with a fake payoff before the real payoff mm. like a fake jump scare and you're like oh okay it's just a friend and then something grabs that friend off screen, mm. you know, like, it, and then that's how it's going to uh, recreate all of the encounters. Yeah. That would just be ridiculous. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be great for people watching. It'd be great for everyone else who wasn't actually doing right. it. Yeah. Right. I don't know but if the, you've done any uh, VR horror. I've only... I've only done Resident Evil 7 on the PlayStation VR. Um, right. The only time that it ever scared me was whenever I was at my friend Steven's house and his mom tripped on my foot just as Marguerite blasted through the wall. That is the only part that actually scared. had nothing to do with the game, but just the fact that she kicked my foot as it happened, not knowing like she didn't she didn't know she couldn't mm. see but like she kicked it and now i was just like oh, oh, oh don't do that to me 
Oh my god, that is Because <laughs> I know I get jump scared if I'm playing like Beat Saber or something and someone touches me in real life, let alone actually Resident Evil. Right. Like that would be a whole like yeah, that would be a whole other thing. Uh <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm fine with horror games. I play horror games on stream all the time. I'm fine with them. But there's something about VR for me. You sound way harder than I am. But just like the phasmophobia, phasmophobia is not a scary game at all, I think, on, on the PC. But I did the VR phasmophobia introduction where they tell you there's no real ghost and nothing is going to attack you in this this round. It's just for practice. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get through it. I was like, no, I'm stood in a dark room. I'm out. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's as much as it was for me. Um, but I've said, I've said to chat that if we uh, get a certain number of goal points or whatever, like threshold things, uh, then we'll do VR horror and they can watch me shit myself live on, live on. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> so if you, if you're looking for horror, one of the games that, I wanted to um I wanted to profile but never got a chance to because everything mm. else kept coming up. Um was I want to say it's called Welcome not Welcome Home, Home Sweet Home. Um it is it's I forget if it's like I forget which country of origin it's from. I know it's like, oh, it's Japanese horror. Um, mm. So like The Ring, where it's uh, it's like gory psychological horror. And um, look, I think I can share my screen. Oh yeah, I see it. So it's a I can't zoom in apparently. Oh, there we go. It's oh, a gory dude. psychological horror where you're just getting through a curse, I believe. Oh, uh, do you know what they're using? It's the liminal spaces. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? Uh, it's, uh, basically, it's what Superliminal and, and the Stanley Parable and other things like that are, are based on. It's, it's basically where, uh, there are spaces in, in life, like a corridor that you're not supposed to actually be in. They're not destination spaces. So any, uh, sidewalk or corridor, for example, or, uh, things like that, you're not supposed to necessarily end up in them. So for example, if you're trapped in them, like the back rooms, if you're trapped in, in a liminal space, then it can make you feel really, really uneasy and things like that. Uh, and yeah, it's always a little bit uncanny valley. Like things are hmm. okay, but not exactly right. Uh, so for example, there, there's one Backrooms game coming out, Backrooms themed game coming out where you're stuck in a, in a never ending Ikea. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold, these... I, think they, I think they actually had to cancel that game. No. Because Ikea... Um... Ikea got really mad. I did not hear about this. Let's see. I guess it would um, put like kids off going there. <laughs> uh, oh no, so it has to, it, it hasn't been canceled, 
but it has to change. It's uh, according to Kotaku, uh, IKEA asked horror game to change so people stop comparing it to IKEA. Ha! Huh. So it's not Swedish anymore. It's it is just not generic Swedish. furniture shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. To be, I do understand them. To be fair, like that can't be good for. Although maybe, maybe publicity. But do they need any more publicity? Probably not. Probably not. But then again, with a <laughs> with a sign in store saying Swedish meat now seventy nine percent flesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. That's bad. That's bad branding. <laughs> <laughs> that coupled with the already um the constant jokes of how the ikea meatballs are just ground up people who get lost in the store to be fair that might be where the idea for this game came from it's probable mm. like it's a good story <laughs> I, I actually heard a um there's a podcast called behind the bastards um it's all about like cults and just basically profiles and tells the story of people like andrew tate or mm. people like um dictators and will tell you how they came to power why people followed them the psychology <sighs> behind it and stuff like that and uh the most recent person that they kind of went through was the uh, Romanian dictator Nikolai, I'll probably butcher this, Ceausescu, <laughs> and how IKEA accidentally um, funded his secret police in this country by <laughs> using, because uh, they were paying to use all of the lumber from there. Mm. And... You know, if you're paying absorbent amounts for a bud, like exclusive access to the country's lumber, obviously that money's got to go somewhere, and yeah. that was one of their biggest spendings. Oh dear! Whoopsie! I fell <laughs> and donated loads to a dictator. My bad. What am <laughs> <Oops>. I like? <laughs> Oops! <laughs> my my millions just spilled out of my wallet. <laughs> Oh dear. Not again. <laughs> Man, this just keeps happening. It's so weird. I don't understand. <laughs> it happens every, like about once a month. Oh no, in the same increments. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but oh, I was dear. I was wrong. Home Sweet Home is based on Thai myths from Thailand, not uh, Japanese. But nice. it kind of has that Asian um <sighs> ring like horror. Mm you've ever seen that movie i've seen it brief it's been on in the background while yeah. i was also in the room <laughs> well like that kind of body like where bodies twist in weird ways right. like that kind of horror where it's Uncanny like this Valley. should not happen yeah yeah it's that yeah. kind of horror i love i love uncanny valley stuff i find it fascinating it was my favorite thing in in at uni i think my favorites it was only one lecture we did on uncanny valley and we did it based on like robots and ai and stuff and then we we basically the the point of it was to learn about whether or not uh like babies who are maybe two weeks old can recognize their mum properly so there was a study where they meshed uh together the baby's mum 
and then uh, with with a AI synthetic version of her, and they just made her slightly not human looking. And they, they looked at where the babies looked at longer, because that's meant to sort of sometimes represent how much they like them uh, or like the image. And they can. It was really cool. They can. Yeah, babies, babies are cool. <laughs> they can they can do lots of stuff that we don't think they can do. Uh, but that yeah, that that lecture was just the most fascinating thing. And that's what that's what made me start playing horror games on stream, actually. Me wanting really? to investigate that. I did a yeah, because usually when I play a game or like a new game on stream, I'll have the first two hours just chatting about the topic. So we did, oh, I think I went too far with this one, but we played we played High on Life, <laughs> the Rick and Woody. Yeah. Uh, and that, um, that whole thing with that Justin whole... Roiland is, did you hear about that? Yeah. Uh, oh. See, my sense of humor is basically the sense of humor from Rick and Morty. And I'm deciding now that maybe I need to change my sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> so as not to... <laughs> I mean, oh, it's geez. not a horrible. It's not a horrible sense of humor. It's just maybe the guy behind it is not that great. Exactly. Of a person. Yeah, I can't. I can't say "oh, geez" anymore without kind of, sort of saying I support domestic violence. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But there's. Yeah, I kind of. I've been realizing this recently that no matter. This is a bit depressing, but no matter what you do, there's always someone awful profiting at the end of it just in Royland a little bit more so because he's literally the face and the voice and the writer and everything like he's right yeah. there but with everything there's someone the guy from ikea for example some someone is profiting off something pretty much like um I, I saw an argument um where you know the whole boycott uh hogwarts legacy yeah so everybody's like boycott it because of this and boycott it because of this and this and mm. All of this is happening on Twitter. Yeah. Which is which owned is owned by, by... <laughs> So it's like, okay, so you're gonna you're gonna be mad at me for playing a game that doesn't really benefit, you know, her because from what I've found so far, I'm still digging into it from mm. the pro for the profile and everything, but from what I've found so far she only owns rights to the books. Oh. But when it comes to the theme parks or the movies or anything like that, she no longer has the rights. It's mm. been bought and sold to Warner Brothers in full. She does still get royalties though, doesn't she? I don't something. know. I can't. I haven't found that. I have to find the U.S. copyright and trademarks mm. to see who holds them. But from what I've been able to find, if it is, it's minuscule. Right. And I doubt it's much more than just, hey, we're using your name. Here's a, like, a set fee for it. Interesting. But I could I yeah. could be wrong. Uh, that's why I want to go to, like, the, the copyright and trademark offices first. To yeah. be like, okay, who actually owns it? But it's like, you're, you're boycotting it on a platform owned by a person who has the exact same views as the person <laughs> you're trying to boycott. Yeah. And it's like, there's a little bit of hypocrisy here, guys. Like, Twitch I can understand well. being mad, but like, eh. well, yeah, Twitch. Mm. Twitch is owned by Amazon. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. and fun fact, 
Did you know Amazon, like Jeff Bezos, sure, he's a majority shareholder. He doesn't have anything to do with the company anymore. Yet everybody oh. still blames him. Oh. <laughs> like he still, That's don't crazy. get it wrong. He still profits on everything that they do. Mm. But he has no decision-making process in any of it. Hmm. He's not on the board or a CEO or he's he's not in the C-suite or on the board anymore. Interesting. I wonder what he's up to. <laughs> What's he doing? Um, well, besides just threatening to demolish entire bridges so his super yacht can come through a city. Oh, dear. Oh, did you not hear about that? No. <laughs> oh, I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, like he, he ended up backing out, but he had enraged so many people because he wanted to take his ship down a canal and in the process, he would have had to demolish a historic bridge that had like made it through entire wars. Mm. Um, Let's see. In Brisbane, actually. Oh, no. Rotterdam. It was... Oh. It was... He wanted to dismantle part of it, the iconic... Oh. Koningshaven Bridge? That sounded good. I, I'm, I'm gonna assume I did that right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they were gonna dismantle it because his yacht couldn't fit. Oh. So he's still doing, you know, billionaire, why would you ever do this things. But, you know. I don't know. If you had a super yacht, I might want to dismantle the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can't, I, haven't even, I haven't been in that situation. I can't say my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what I wouldn't I do would. for a super yacht and just to have the kind of money to just do whatever I wanted, that would just be fantastic. It would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I would set myself up to be just comfortable and mm. take care of people. Yeah, I think so too. I think all, all the things that are annoying me that think that, that, that I think I wouldn't be able to change. Like the little injustices that, that go on all the time. And it's like, well, if someone just gave a lot of money to this thing, then it would be way better. I would just do all of that. Right. Easy peasy. Like, <laughs> you know? like Jeff Bezos' ex-wife? Do I want to know about this? <laughs> oh no, she she's legitimate. Like so, she won like billions after the divorce, ah. and most of it she's donated to like Planned Parenthood and all of these oh, other lovely. like nonprofits that are just trying to do what they believe is right. You know, that's great. So yeah. like, she's actually using money that she will never be able to spend, and using it for things that are actually good. Yeah. I always find that with, with like a, there's going to be a, a tail off with how much money you could possibly have, I imagine. Like after a certain point, it's not going to improve your quality of life that much. Like yeah, up like, to a certain point, yeah. But then really do you need all that extra? Yeah. Like whenever you, whenever you, whenever you hit the point where you have to spend like a thousand dollars a day to run out of money at the end of your life, like whenever you're 90 or 100, you may be good. Like you can you <laughs> yeah, just that might be relax enough. for that a little might... bit. Like how are <laughs> you going to spend a thousand in a day? <laughs> I do. <laughs> just, I guess that's when people uh, go to clubs and things and pay for their mansions. And, and then you get addicted to cocaine and, and that's quite fun. I sp I've heard. I, so... you know, 
I mean, why why would you not want to do cocaine and hallucinate? And <laughs> just have ADHD for a little while and get those yeah. manic bursts. <laughs> <laughs> you want to? I mean, you want to? If you want to improve your empathy, then triggering symptoms of mental disorders on purpose <laughs> might be <laughs> oh dear i i actually i i did that at one point i made my executive by accident not with cocaine i made my executive function <laughs> way I'm, gl- I'm glad you clarified that yeah i was about like what what does it sound like i'm saying here hold on <laughs> uh yeah i um so at the my final year of, of uni i was basically doing all-nighters every single because i i had an assignment every single day for like two weeks and uh, the way that I did assignments was I did them all the night before because Ooh. that was a good idea. And it got to the point where I was doing all-nighters every single night for about four days, which means I did not sleep for, for four days. And then after I came out of that two weeks, I uh, my executive function, so my ability to, to organize things and my sense, perception of time and, and things like that, I just was so, so unbelievably bad. Unbelievably can't speak <laughs> so unbelievably bad that it was just uh oh it was it was fun <laughs> <laughs> I, fe- I felt it i felt what it would be like to have uh much worse adhd than mine and it humbled me it made me feel better about <laughs> about my <laughs> symptoms <laughs> I've, I've i've done i haven't done that bad but like i have done like 36 and 48 hour shifts just because we had that many machines down because like we have like 24 hour clients like if they break you have to be there within x amount of time so like i'll take like a 15 minute nap if that and then go to the next one like if i'm starting illegal oh it is a hundred percent but you know (laughs) technically speaking there was you cannot drive or you cannot be on shift if you're having to drive um between or after eight hours so once you or no not eight hours 18 hours so once you cross that you're technically in the same mental state as um like the legal limit of drinking alcohol oh no so like you have to have x amount of hours of sleep per hour of driving you know so yeah yeah, definitely shouldn't have done it the paycheck was great it actually paid for this wonderful gaming monitor but yeah (laughs) it was not healthy yeah whenever i got (laughs) home as soon as i touched my bed i was out until the next day like i had slept 10 to 12 hours like Mm -hmm. it was a bad crash like it took me three days to like to get my sleep schedule back on track after that it was bad. Oh, so I could just about imagine what your four days away. Uh, I had to. I had no choice. I guess, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had, like, like you say, you have someone else who's going to be mad at you if you don't. <laughs> so right. that is the best motivation. Yeah. And you get a paycheck. I get a degree at the end of it. It's all good. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I maybe oh. would have taken the gaming monitor, to be honest. But... <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, no. at the end of the day, something tangible versus, you know, I have this piece of paper that says I'm smart is. Although that has absolutely, I- I'm so glad that I, that I did that though. Um, 
I, I'm so glad that I did that that masters because it was kind of it gave me the foundation of stuff that I know now so that when people ask me questions about things I can I can infer from from what I know I know what's good evidence and what's terrible I know what studies to look at and what not to look at and it's really really it's really provided me with this kind of basis for being someone on social media who actually can tell people things and help and, and maybe have opinions about stuff. I mean, obviously there's going to be times when I'm like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea about any of this, but but for most of it, 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 it's laid the foundation for me to build further research onto that. I think since the degree, I've, I've learned more stuff from researching for streams. So each of my streams had a topic and, and things like that. Um, but no, it was it's awesome. And it really helps when people come in and they're like, oh, you, you're a you're a Twitch girl, you know nothing about anything. And I can be like, actually, like you say, here's my piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> so where's yours? Mm -hmm. right? That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. So uh, we have now been on for like an hour and six minutes. Oh my God, that flew by. <laughs> right. We're going to have to do this again. Like this yeah, is a lot I of fun. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to, yeah. Um. So... Um, how about you tell, blah, 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 blah. Uh, go ahead and tell us how, um, how we can follow you, how we can see and keep up with you. Like, uh, I'm plugs. on Twitch, my plugs. Uh, I stream on Twitch four times a week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, so you can see my schedule there. I'm also, I, I post YouTube updates and shorts and things on YouTube, obviously Instagram and TikTok. And then I have a Twitter which I don't really use, but you can DM me on it. <laughs> I need to, I'm going to start using it more. Uh, so all of them basically. And my username is Pericarial across the board for everything. Easy peasy. And yes, my DMs are open on every platform. I don't know. Is that a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I recently, oh, I shouldn't say this, but I, I recently reopened my Twitch DMs. I had oh, to God. close them before. I had to close them because I was getting like bombardments of messages while I was live. And on Twitch, I don't, they probably fixed this, but they pop up and you can't really, I didn't know how to stop them from popping up over the chat and Ooh. stuff. And it was just, it was just really awful things <laughs> that pe people are like trying to get to me. So they'll say these really gross things uh, while I'm streaming. So I had to close them uh, just, just for the destruction. Imagine. Like I saw um, Alana Pierce after mm. she got hired for um as a writer for god of war ragnarok right she had gotten some disturbing things in her dms oh, like no. like it was bad um i can send them to you i don't know how <laughs> advertiser friendly it'll be to say on a podcast <laughs> but uh if you do want to see those the god of war ragnarok profile guys should be up um ah oh, yes i i would i feel actually, like i'm invading on her privacy a little but i would love <laughs> oh no to. she posted it on twitter oh great okay 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 yeah so it, it's a hundred percent um open and out there um it comes mm -hmm. out on march 3rd if you guys want to see them but i will hmm. read those to you when we're not recording <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i could just about imagine what it's like being a woman in that situation where you just open your life up and mm guys you know yeah they like guys. to be they like they like to be funny they like to get a reaction i think and yeah. sometimes it's really strange actually since i've started thinking about it like that is that when people come into chat and they say something horrific usually what i do is i ask them so you've had a bad day 
do you want to talk about it? And you've, you've come to Twitch to kind of get out whatever frustrations you're feeling. Uh, therapy would be better, but I, I understand this is free. Uh, and so a lot of the time, really weirdly, a lot of the time they actually just say sorry and they stick around. And I've got some of, some like year long viewers who've been, been with me for ages. They started out that way. They started out oh, trying wow. to troll me and they just end up sticking around because I didn't ban them immediately or something. Not that you shouldn't ban them immediately, Sometimes you should ban them immediately. <laughs> true, true. But, but you know, you get yeah. more you get more uh honey with or you know, I'm really more honey with vinegar. <laughs> you get more honey with vinegar. You get more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> I think that's another thing that the whole interest in psychology and loads of people who are interested in psychology would would I, I think agree with this that just learning about what people are like helps you really empathize with them. Some people don't need empathy. Some people need a ban and maybe a smack if I was their mother. <laughs> oh, yeah. But whenever, whenever you see some of the other messages that people have gotten, oh, it's bad. It's like, mm. why Why would you think this would ever be okay to send to someone over the internet? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> I, I wonder how many of them actually do think it's okay and how many of them don't care. Like, genuinely, I want to know the proportions there. I want to know the maths. Because it's wild. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so we can go ahead and end it here. But Great. everyone, this is Perry Cario, and I am Caleb. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And just remember, if you're ever having a bad day, we hope that everything gets better. And if you need someone to talk to, our gaming Discord is on our gaming page. And you can pop in and chat and... There's always someone there. Have a good one. And